0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: I want to thank you all for tuning in with us tonight As always, we have um, an an exciting show planned for you tonight A very, in my opinion, controversial topic um, That being said, and I, I will say this again uh, Probably a little bit as we allow people to continue to, to call in And just kind of settle down for the show But I do want to just start off Right off the bat, just saying, because of this topic, and I know that there's emotions tied into discussions such as this one, I'm going to ask that you all, if you do have a comment or question, please be respectful of others' opinions. Um, Know that while we all may not agree um, totally, we all hopefully have the same end in mind, and that's for a better people especially the black race. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say that. And so in saying that, if by chance, and, and I don't think I've ever did this, but I still, uh, I was sharing with Rodney that I do feel led to do this tonight. If you are not respectful, if you, are, if you find yourself getting a little heated or if Rodney or I find that you are, uh, we're going to give you some time to cool down. And what I mean by that we will just politely uh, disconnect so we're going to keep it respectful because, again, the end result is it's just for change. It's, us, it's for us to do better. Um, I feel like that, that needs to be said to, to do better by one another, to stop focusing on other races and unite within the race. That doesn't mean we leave people out. And some of you may say, well, that's what we're doing in Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. I'm not saying that that is not what's going on. I, I am saying my opinion. We need to do better So I'll start there Um, And I'll I'll share that again As we go because I see that people are continuing To call in Uh, The chat line is open For those of you who are listening Through your computers And you're on the chat line With us Please post your comments and questions there For those of you who are listening through Facebook Remember we don't know you're out there However you can post On the event page Or you can send a message to to Rodney Or you can send one to me as well And we'll just consistently And as often as we can Check our Facebook messages Uh, If you want to send the message privately Please do so Or you can just post there in the event page Or post and then tag us So we'll take it from there I want to remind you all um, The the call in number is 818-691-7406 Select the number 1 If you have a question or comment if you have not registered as a follower of the show, you could do that at Blog Talk Radio uh, backslash Butterfly Evolution. You can register using your Facebook account, which will uh, use your profile name there, or you can create your username, password of choice. But do that as it allows you to keep up with the shows and what we're doing. Um, Rodney, did I forget anything? You want to do the trash can, baby, tonight?
2: I most certainly will. Uh, Good evening to everyone. I'm so glad that I can be on with you. Uh, This evening we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Tony Edgew, who's going to be discussing this topic with us. Um, Tony, I see you out there, and we will pull you in in just a second. I am happy to be back this Monday. I know last Monday um, I couldn't make it. Uh, I was very sick uh, last week, so I do apologize for my absence. Uh, but here on the Butterfly Evolution Show, we do have uh, what, what is known as a uh, as our trash can concept. And all we simply want you to do is just find a trash can in your home, maybe even in your office, uh, maybe at your school, uh, wherever you are or wherever you spend the most time. And we want you to take that trash can and simply just move it to a different location. And when you move it to a different location, we want you to count the number of times you visit its old location. And the reason why we want you to do that is because we want you to see the impact of getting into a routine. We want you to see how we become creatures of habit, how we get so used to doing things a certain way, or we get so used to being a certain way that, when change first enters our lives, it takes us a while to get used to it. And a huge part of that is fear. We're afraid to move the trash can because if we moved the trash can, now we have to get used to something new. So we want you, and and the trash can is is definitely symbolic, but we also want you to literally just do it. And watch the revelation that comes to you by doing that. We also want to remind you of what Tammy just said, because I see people are still coming in. Black Lives Matter is a movement that started a couple years ago, I believe, a year or two years ago. And it is, not as popular as it once was, but it's still very prevalent in our society today. And so we want to talk about it tonight, and we want to talk about as many different factors that influence Black Lives Matter. We want to talk about as many factors that influence our society because of Black Lives Matter. Where are we as a society with this movement? Where were we before this movement? Where do you think we're going? Who benefits, if anybody, from this movement? Those are just some of the questions we want to bring out tonight. So, Tammy, I'm going hey, to turn it mean, back over to you, you as I bring Tony right, in. Right. Boy, Tammy. I want,
1: I want to, I want to make sure because as I was the little time I had to to kind of reflect before doing the show, uh, oddly enough, your book came to mind, um, particularly the the part in the book that speaks about how people before us fought to just to be able to, to get on the bus and ride, to sit where they want, wanted to, to be able to sit um, in the front of the bus or sit, period, and where kids today will, will get on. I think we talked about this on the show. Kids will get on and want to go straight to the back, and I think you more reference to the classroom and things like that. But just think about that, how people before us fought, to learn to read, Frederick Douglass. I think about Frederick Douglass saying, you, "You may have my my body, but never my mind. You will take, never my mind. Mm-hmm. You will have." So we had a, a a a a body, a man who could not legally, could not learn to read. Um, did not have his own freedom yet. He worked in the fields all day and stayed up all night just to try to learn to read. Would would sneak out to learn just to be able to learn to read. And we have uh people today in this society who because and, and and a lot of it is because of fear It goes right back to what what you started fear of failure fear of of whatever it may be, nonetheless, we have laws being created to where parents can go to jail because their kids won't won't go to school mm-hmm. learn how to read um, and things like that so there's a lot to think about here um when it comes to Black Lives Matter or any life for for, for that matter. But I did I want to say that wanted to say that about your book. I actually thought about some of the things that was in your book, so I want to be sh- sure that we share your book tonight again because I know that I see numbers that I have not seen on before. So I want to be sure that you give your, your book out because I think every young male for sure should read this book, but also parents should read the book. Don't let the 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 cover or the title of the book, Tired of Being Black, uh discourage you from reading it because there's so much more to the book uh than its title. So I just wanted to say that. Um feel free to go ahead and bring bring Tony in, Rodney. Uh
2: Tony, are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, we can hear you clearly. Uh Tony, I'm gonna I'm gonna just comment on what Tammy Uh, Just said and I'm going to kind of segue that into uh, To you Um, I I want you to respond as well And then just kind of Get into this whole Black Lives Matter Thing but here's my comment Tony And Tammy It's interesting that you brought that up Tammy because here's Here was the thought Behind that um, chapter In the book and the title of the chapter that Tammy is referring to is called What Civil Rights Movement and it is a question because where are we post civil rights? Now, the, the title of the book is "Tired of Being Black." I encourage all of you to read it. Probably about thirty minutes of your time, but it will leave a lot of <clears throat> thoughts in your mind because it's just a quick glimpse. Um, and again, it, it, it comes from my experiences. But I do encourage you to buy the book. It's called "Title of Being Black. You can buy it anywhere. But here's what I think, Tammy, and we'll talk more about the book later. Okay. It seems like what was meant to help us, it helped us, those who wanted it, who wanted the help, but it also hurt us. Because it seems like to me, and I'm just speaking in general, so please no one take offense and say, well, I'm not like that. I'm just speaking in general, again, based off what I see. It seems like we only wanted rights when we didn't have any. Because while there are some of us black people who are taking advantage of the opportunities in front of us, there are so many of us that are not. We fought for the right to go to school. Now you have to fight us to get us to go to school. The same thing with voting, the same thing with yep. sitting in the back. See, we 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 want to take what happened before uh, laws began to change or be put into place, we want to take that and use that as an excuse or a crutch, whereas the people who actually lived it, yep. it was motivation for them, whereas for mm-hmm. us, It's now an excuse. Well, life isn't fair or the white people have or the white people don't know my struggle or, you know, all of these things. Whereas back then, they knew things were different. They knew they couldn't get an education. They knew that life was unbalanced. They knew that life was unfair. However, if they had accepted that, You and I... We wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't know each other. Growing up in Tennessee, growing up in Virginia, we wouldn't know each other. We would belong to different people. But because somebody said, yes, this is unfair, however, I don't have to accept this. Yep. So when we talk about things like Black Lives Matter, what does that mean to you personally? And I want everybody to think about that because... To me, it it matters to me so much, or life in general, life matters to me so much that I want the best for myself. I want the best for my fiancé. I want the best for kids that we have in the future. I want the best for the kids that I teach, and I want the best for anybody who wants the best for themselves because life matters. and Absolutely. You look at... And 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 Tony and I connected uh, because of basketball, but I, I think we found that we have so many other things in common. But yep. I'm going to use this Donald Sterling uh, situation. I'm going to turn it over to Tony. Yes. Donald Sterling, if you guys don't um, remember, he's the Los Angeles Clippers owner. That there was a big think a couple years ago about, you know, his wife or his girlfriend, whoever it was, had a conversation with Magic Johnson, and he was called on tape. It was his uh, his girlfriend. Girlfriend talking about black people, right? So all of a sudden, what do we do? When something is trending, we're going to jump on it. All of these people came out. Well, he did this. He said this to me. Where were you 30 years ago when he said this, since he said it 30 years ago? And then... People kept saying, well, because I said, if the Clippers really want the boycott, then don't play. Well, that, that, that's a game check. See, back in the day, they Martin, people like Martin Luther King put their lives on the line, not money, their life. So if you really want a change, when do you want it and how bad do you want it? Tony, over to you,
3: brother. You know, it's interesting you say that, and, I, and I'm going to go back even further. Jack, Jackie Robinson reintroduced the Cuddle Line in 1947. That's 69 years ago, April 15th, right? He he was the only one initially that came into baseball, and baseball had a what they called a gentleman's agreement that he couldn't play because if he wanted to play, he could only play in the Negro League.
4: So mm-hmm. they fought
3: for that. They integrated baseball, and now blacks don't even play baseball anymore, hardly. Latinos are the new immigrants that have come in like blacks were the new ones, then Latinos came in. When you go to the civil rights movement and you talk about people had to lose their lives, and by the way, that was Donald Sterling's girlfriend, just to to make that clear. She took a picture with Matt Johnson, and he made a comment of why you got to take pictures with – you know, these black guys and whatever, even though he's 80 years old, he knew that she probably was screwing around somebody else. But in his eyes, he knew what kind of person Madge Johnson used to be. So he didn't want – he basically was protecting his territory. She she recorded it, and then it got out there, mm-hmm. and people got upset. But like you said, in the 1960s, when he started – in the 1950s and 60s, when he started buying up all the real estate – out in California, and he was a slumlord, nobody said anything. So the problem with him and the problem with our society was that, like you said, it was trending. People wanted to follow it. People were upset. People wanted him out of there. And people got mad at me for what I said about the situation. I said what he said was deplorable. What he said was wrong. And I said this point blank. I said the NBA is trying to be political, and they made the man give up his team, even though he didn't come out publicly and say, and say what he said. Which should he have been admonished verbally for what he did? Absolutely. But he said that in the privacy in his own of his own home. When this is my point to the whole thing: when does it become an invasion of his privacy that someone recorded him in his home, even though he said some horrible things? It was, still was wrong, and what we did was that we took a wrong that she did, and the wrong that he did, and we try to make it right and you can't do that you have to be able to you have to be able to say if it's wrong, it's wrong, if it's right, it's right, and then you go there, but you can't say it's wrong, that's wrong he's wrong, and we're going to just go ahead and take his team and make it and then make this right he was. When he won the NC, you know he won the, uh, an award from the NAACP in 2009 yep. and again in 2012 before yep. before he gave up the team. He was saying this stuff for years ago, and Elgin Baylor, who's a Hall of Famer, was the lowest paid executive, who's black, by the way, so they already know, was the lowest paid executive in the whole entire NBA <laughs> by this man. So. When did everybody started tr- trending to get disgusted with the man? He's been doing this for 40 years, 50 years. That's why I was, I, I was disgusted with the way they handled it, because I'm like, you guys knew what he was because he was a slumlord, and he had multiple, not one complaint, multiple complaints of housing, which to me is more important, discrimination, which Lyndon Baines Johnson – signed into the Act of 1967 to make sure that black people were also included in the FHA. That's another subject I will get on later on. That's the Fair Housing Act. They When the F, when FDR made the new deal and FHA, FHA loans came out in 1947, 1944, 45. excuse me, when he signed it into law, and then they pushed it by 1947 and the Fair Housing Act, they made some provisions in that. And the two provisions were you couldn't be a domestic, and you couldn't be a sharecropper. Mm. So that left out 98% of black Americans from being able to get those loans until Lyndon Baines Johnson changed it in 1967. That's fact. And if anybody can go look that up, that is a 100% fact. So, again, when did all of this change? When you look at Donald Sterling, when you look at what he did, and you look at all the other stuff, people started getting – on their high horses in 2000 and what, thirteen, fourteen? 14, excuse me. It's two years ago. Yeah. Right. So that was my point to the whole thing. And I was like, you know what? I didn't like what he said. I couldn't stand what he said, but he did what was wrong. But what she did was also wrong. And no one, and nobody saw anything wrong with that. And that was more disturbing <laughs> than me.
2: It's fun. It's funny that you say that. Uh, I, I, I got a, Couple of questions that, that that just came to mind, but I'm going to ask you this one first, and then I'm going to turn it to Tammy because she may have one. Okay. <clears throat> why do you think that, um, not just blacks, but but people in general, why do you think that we only care when hmm. something is trending? So this is going to kind of get get us into this whole Black Lives Matter thing. Why do you think people only care when things are trending and not necessarily? Because
3: they are important issues to us Why do you think that is? I think two reasons One, they don't know history And you made a, a quite a, a big mention about They don't know the historical value That people who have given them The rights that they have today Died Not just black folks White folks Died for those people to have those rights Everybody to have these rights To be able to go wherever you want To be able to sit wherever you want to be able to do whatever you want, but now that it's in your face and <laughs> trending, it's okay. Let me get on this movement, and like the news media, it moves on. So you move on. That's a good point, Tammy. Do you have anything?
1: Well, I mean, you took my question.
3: <laughs> that, was, my, I just <laughs> just
2: like, that was my exact question.
1: Um, I'd like to hear what other people think about that as well as we get as we get more in depth into the show, but. So so true. I mean, it just seems like when when the stories are being reported, we're for it. We're for it, and that we're so focused and so distracted at that time until we see nothing else, we do nothing. And it seems to me, especially for Facebook and the social media, that oftentimes it's it's your it's your posting, it's your responses um, that go on and on and on that somehow. Confuses you that that is addressing The issue that is addressing The problem that is that is the solution And that's what I meant earlier when I said That we're so we seems like we're so Focused on on the problem Or what how we Got here until we miss The whole concept of the way i was taught once you determine or you you have in hand or you see that okay, we have an issue here we know what the issue is so if if you guys are saying slavery is the issue if you're saying that we're being treated differently then then unite come together and do something differently respond to each Absolutely. other differently as as Tony and I was talking and i had a, a a guy that said this at the domestic violence um conference that we did I guess about two years ago, he was one of those guys who was beating his, his lady friends. He was, he was an abuser. However, when, it, when, when the situation changed and his mother started to, to be beaten by men, it was all of a sudden it became a problem. And he said it was, a, it was a long time before he realized, I'm doing the same thing to women. However, when someone does it to my mom, the situation is different. It changes. Mm. And so, Mm -hmm. think about that. If you are beating someone, if you are abusing someone, and then someone turns around and does it to your your mother, your daughter, your son, what makes it different? If it's wrong, it's wrong. Okay, so Tony, we're going to turn it over to you because you you, you have a lot to say on this, and so take over.
2: (laughs) Tony is a very knowledgeable guy, Tammy. Uh, He really is. I I enjoy it. yeah, <laughs> no matter what See, we, he did. we about, ended up talking
1: yeah, he like takes really good <laughs> He did. We talked about an hour just about getting the. I was just supposed to be getting you know information about the show so I can get everything set up. We ended up talking. About, we had the show before the show.
3: <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I really like talking, we,
3: had a, we had we had touched so many different subjects. Here's my thing, and I said this before. You know, um, I've. I, you know, I have a girlfriend, and, you know, I'm, I've been with her almost two years. And if one of the things that we've all – we only discussed this one time. I told her I would never, ever put my hands on her in anger. You know, joking around, that's that's different. But if you're angry with each other, we talk about it. You don't ever put your hands on her because bottom line, is a man, I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm three times stronger than she is. I can hurt her. So I already know that. Number two, I wasn't raised that way. And to me, I'm a punk if I put my hands on her. So I can't do that. But this, the, the, the big thing that bothers me the most about all of it is that, you know, I have a sister. I have a mother. How disappointed would they be in me if I put my hands on somebody else? Because if somebody put their hands on them, what can I say to them? What, what am I able to say to them? Well, the first thing they can say, well, why are you get? they know you're upset that he put his hands on me, but you put your hands on your woman. Wow. And, you know, I'm using this as an example. Wow. That would, be, that would be so wrong, but how hurt my mother would be because she raised me better than that,
0: to mm-hmm. not ever
3: put my hands on, another, on a female, no matter what they do. Because even if they slap you, you can walk away and don't kill them ever again. If she puts her hands on you, she doesn't have any respect for the fact that you are stronger than her and the fact that she doesn't have any respect for you, period, as a man because she shouldn't have to resort to putting her hands on you. Now, everybody gets into arguments. Everybody gets into heated discussions. That's okay. That's fine. But there's a line that you don't cross. You know, and 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 put it this way. I've gotten in arguments with my woman, respectful arguments. I didn't call her any names. You know what I'm saying? She don't call me any names we we be like, well, I don't disagree with you I disagree with you too And it's been heated where she got mad at me And she got mad at me yesterday And she pulled away from me for a minute And she walked and, you know, she told me why she was mad I said I acknowledged it And we walked for a little bit And she came back, we hugged, and we talked about it a little bit more And I apologized because I was wrong You know that's the way it should really go, and there's sometimes you can get heated when you get mad at your your wife or your your woman. You can you know you're, you're going back and forth and yelling and, and you know, or, but you shouldn't. It, there should never be a point where you're disrespectful to each other, because if you're disrespectful to them, and let's say you have children and their kids are seeing this, how's your son or your daughter, are going to respect that person that they're going to be dealing with? How about your daughter being feel that okay dad talks to my mom this way maybe my husband or my boyfriend-to-be can talk to me that way and wow how about your son well my father beats my mother that means I should be able to beat my my girlfriend (laughs) you understand what I'm saying so I do we we need to think better than than that and we need to also believe and some cult and some of it is cultural. Let's be real about it. You know, some of it is culture where people feel that in certain cultures that if a woman is, says gets fresh with them, they slap them, and it's accepted. You know, and in some cultures is accepted with different even sorts of violence towards them, and it's acceptable. To me, it's not acceptable, and they'll get tried and get off. But my point is that I believe that. Domestic violence, there's no – for any man to put his hands on a woman, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. And I'm a, I'll am say this quickly. I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, huge Dallas Cowboy fan. And we signed Greg Hardy. And when we signed Greg Hardy, I was against it because I was like, this man was not contrite. This man, you know, didn't – do all the things he should have, he paid this woman off so he does, so he can get off because he initially was found guilty. He, had a, he came back and played with them this season, was disruptive to the team. At the end of the season, knowing that you're up for a new contract and to get really paid, even though you were a problem child, you make a stupid, idiotic statement basically saying you're innocent. And, you know, I didn't do this And blah, 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 blah When clearly the bruises and the cuts that she had on her And the description of what you did to her Because I read it I'm like, come on, man And when I saw the pictures, I was done I said, this man, we signed him You know, what's the difference Between what he did and Ray Rice He did his in private Ray Rice did it in front of everybody else And At least he was contrite about it Ray Rice i got to give him that much credit. He was contrite about it. He tried to do all the right things, and he's still trying to do all the right things behind it. You know, you haven't heard about it again. And hopefully you'll never hear it about it again. But this guy came out and said he was innocent. Ray Rice was like, look, I was wrong. I did it. I shouldn't have hit, hit her. I was definitely wrong. And he paid, he paid, he's paid more than the price. Now, I believe he deserves a second chance. And if he does it again, he should never get another chance. You know, yeah, but but cool. my but my last point in it is that my thought with the with that whole domestic violence thing is, especially with you know, it's come to fruition with the professional athletes and the leagues not really doing a lot. Now they're starting to do things to protect women, and this is a long time coming because they never ever did anything before that. So because it made, it made the NFL look really bad with Ray Rice. That he got two games after you saw the, after everybody saw the TMZ the, the tape from on TMZ of him dragging her out of there like a sack of luggage after he knocked her out, we were like we were through we were, we were too done because you saw the elevator picture initially then they had the inside the elevator camera picture which we saw and we were like if the League saw this and it only gave him two games this is a problem <laughs> then, then again it, then it, then, it, then it trended. And I was like, I got mad. I I posted on Facebook. I said, "What did y'all think it looked like? What did you think What did, what did, it look, what did you really believe it looked like? You thought he was hey, dragging hey, her
1: me, out of there." Tony, this is this is Be, Tammy, and and using and using that um, scenario, how do you feel? Because when I hear that, what what I'm thinking and meaning is, if 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 we're going to say to any other race, any any race, that Black lives matter. Then, when it comes yep. back to us, they have the, the black lives also have to matter to us, especially if, if we're black. How do you help? Help? How, how, how do you see that? I mean, help the audience understand what we mean, and then tell us how do you feel about Black Lives
3: Matter, the movement, and what would you
1: do differently?
3: <sighs> okay, all right. Somebody said it started, but it started about almost two years ago. and the two cases that came out was. Michael Brown, and people are not going to like me for saying this, that kid did not deserve to die, but he made some terrible choices. Terrible choices. I read the forensic evidence. I read everything, and it broke my heart when I read it. Going back, and then they had Eric Gardner. Eric Gardner made one critical mistake. He, he resisted, but he did not deserve to die. And that's when this movement started coming to to life, and I got I understood what this and this happened a lot, and other lives started happening, and I'm like okay, but to me, black lives are only mattering when either white people killed us or police officers killed us, and I'm saying to myself, okay, it should matter when to me all black lives matter regardless of who kills who, who kills whom, because the bottom line is if a white person kills me or kills, I'm just saying, I'm using me as an example. If a white person kills me or a black person kill me, it shouldn't matter that it's a black life that was lost. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So to me, the movement, my problem with the movement is that it doesn't address Lives Matter, and one of the things Tammy and I And i was use this as a reference We talked about on Saturday Will Smith, the defensive end Former defensive end of the New Orleans Saints, was murdered After he came from A charity event And this is a man who had given so much To the city of New Orleans, a black man And His $100,000 Mercedes SUV was hit by this guy Who shot and killed him seven times Shot him seven times Times murdered him. And they got into a, some words were exchanged and he got shot and killed seven times. No one from Black Lives said anything about this man who's a father, has three ch- young children, and has done so much for the city of New Orleans and the community, especially after Hurricane Katrina. And it broke, it, it, it pissed me off to no end. I was like, nobody said anything. And then I said something to Tammy about a police officer. About a month ago, he was a black police officer who was murdered by, again, black people, black guys, who murdered him. And this police officer happened to be a good guy who was a pillar of the community, who given back to the community, has given, lives, has given back to young people, and he was murdered and no one said anything. And I'm saying to myself, this is a problem. Because when, when I'm looking at this as a person of color and a per- black person, and I'm also Latino, because I'm black and I'm Latino, my parents are from Panama, I'm saying to myself this is a problem because I'm watching black people not saying anything about when black people kill black people, but when I'm seeing white people kill black people everybody's up in arms when if you really look at the statistics and this is fact and I'm not all life to me is, it matters but we're killing each other at a far higher rate than any white person can And we should be addressing this And I'll say one more thing Minister Farrakhan And I'm not a hundred, I am not don't agree with him 100% Of what he said but he agreed with this statement He wanted 10,000 black men To go into the neighborhoods Into their neighborhoods And stand tall to protect Other black people and educate them Because he said we're exterminating Each other far quicker than what White people are doing And this is from Minister Farrakhan who's the most controversial, probably polarizing figure of the 20th century besides, you know, people who said Malcolm X. And now people have a lot of respect for Malcolm X because of the fact that he had changed a lot, some of his philosophy, but he also agreed. And Tammy and I, I told Tammy a quote that he had made. He said that the violence that was perpetrated on the black community from the 1950s and 60s through nonviolence, you will see this this violence come back to the community because a lot of the people who went through that violence had no outlet to release all that pain that they were in. And I was like, wow. He talked about this before he died. So to me, when you bring it back to the whole circle, <laughs> because Black Lives Matter only when white people and police officers kill us, or does it matter when all people kill us, when our own kill us, like when Will Smith died? Does that matter? Because, again, no one from BLM said anything when he died. No one from BLM said anything when police officers died. And Tammy made a statement with me on Saturday about a Memphis police officer who was murdered and no one said anything and to me, travesty, because if we, want, if we want white people and black people and everybody to be along with this movement, we have to say, no, we can't kill each other and they can't kill us. And I think 90% of the people will be behind that 1,000% because they were like, you know what, if we're making a stand that's saying, no, you can't do it, and no, we can't do it people look at it and say, okay, I get that. But when people say only black lives matter, and, you know, some people are ignorant. They're going to be like, well, what about white lives? We're not talking about that at this moment. But people don't understand this also is that police officers, white police officers, kill far more white people than they do black folks. And that's the problem is they don't report the crimes that way because it's underreported. That's just fact. So that's my that's my statement about Black Lives Matter.
2: Uh this is Rodney. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here and uh uh last I believe it was last week. Maybe it was the week before last, I can't remember. But anyway, I was at uh Hampton University and after I finished doing my presentation, it was Q and A session, and one young lady asked me, How do I feel about Black Lives Matter, the the movement? And so I said, well, I think that whoever came up with it, I understand the intent. I understand what I believe the underlying message is. However, I think that it is a very hypocritical movement. And I I noticed that right away um, I saw another young lady just kind of roll her eyes, right, because she didn't like what I said. But here's my thing with Black Lives Matter. If we want to just focus on, yes, we all believe that every life matters. But if we, if we want to focus on the black ones right now, let's just focus on the black ones. But here's the thing. To me, when you say that something matters, mm-hmm. it's 100%. And I take it further than just pulling a trick. To me, that's a problem. Because exactly. the reasons we kill each other are so stupid. They're so yep. foolish. Yep. It's not because you actually put my life in danger. It is because somebody, some rapper, made me think that you and I are at war with each other. Some rapper made me think that. Yep. Protect your territory. Somebody made me think. That you and I should be on opposite sides, so we got to be in the game. Therefore, if you step on this block, I got to kill you. That's stupid. Absolutely, those are stupid. Those are stupid things. So, Absolutely. when I say that, I think the movement is hypocritical. Yeah, because you know what? In addition to what Tony said about Will Smith, which really bothered me, but not only that, there was a, a, an 11 year old girl who was murdered one block away from where Mike Brown was murdered in Ferguson, Missouri. One block away, she was murdered, 11 years old. That little girl was on her bed doing Doing her homework.
3: homework. I was upset about that too.
2: And a bullet comes through the window and kills her. In Chicago, some girls were having a sleepover a few years ago. They were in the kitchen making s'mores. Bullet comes through the window, dead. To me, that's when there should really be an uprising because we are losing young people and not just losing young people, but we are losing young people who are trying to do good things, positive things. There's nothing bad that could have been said about this little girl, 11 years old Doing her homework on, on on her bed But not exactly One person got out There was no CNN coverage in Ferguson then Why? Because nobody cared. So if black lives matter They matter then too But not only that, let's get outside of the killings the The shootings When we As parents No, I'm not a parent But when Parents Take their kids to the mall. Yep. Not on Saturday. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday. Take their kids to the mall to get a brand new pair of $200 shoes, <laughs> and the kid shows up for school two or three hours late because they had to go get this new pair of shoes. You ju- you are killing a black life.
3: Yes, you are. There are no hey, right. ways that have, we are killing I have a question game. for
1: both of you all I have a question for both of you um, as, as men I know last week I believe it was last week we had A a, a man call in from New York and I think his name was Q. I cannot remember but he made up He brought up a valid point because It seems that most of the killings are done um, By black males As far as black on black crime um, Correct And He brought up the point that we need to do better by teaching our young boys to value their own lives, first of all, to, to value, life, to period, value because life, we live in a day and time. Yeah, value life, period. But, but I think that they can so easily look over the life of another because of their, their personal self-reflection um, of who they are and who they have, a, what possibility they have, In this world, in a world like today, because let's face it, they do, as as a young black male or grown man, there are issues that that you will face that even I as a mother of a young black man, still, I I think I know, but because I'm not, not him and walking in his shoes, I may never know. However, I'm still that mother who feared for her son to just jog down the street that he lived on. Okay, In high school I didn't want him to jog down the street Because I know we face different issues However Because we what we face out there Doesn't mean I'm going to give you An excuse in here I'm going to let you off the hook Because oh you're going to have it so rough out there No then I'm going to prepare you For what's out there But my point I want to bring it back to here What can we do As far as our young black men Because the caller last week also said that other races at a very young age, they, they teach their kids, their kids are in, in programs. I mean, like they have programs through their church or whatever that shows them this is who you are. This is what we expect of you. Not only are they shown, they, they in most cases get to see that more than our young black males do. Because he also said that the mentoring programs are begging Black men to show up and volunteer Begging And they can't say they don't have time Because every time I'm out I see them by the numbers Finding the time to do what they want to do These are the things that I think need to be Addressed but when you bring it up People are offended By you saying why aren't you Volunteering as a man Why aren't you volunteering Why aren't you going in and speaking to the, to the Men the young men Who can take a life Take a life just, just like that. A life in most cases of a person who lives less than a mile from them, who are in the same situation as them. What can we do? What can what can men do to help our young it's, black men?
3: It's Education means no, it's to mean it. sorry about it. thank you, Rodney. Um it's education. You you have to you know, I, I'll tell you this. Um, you have choices, and they have to know that they have a positive choice or or a negative choice. Usually the negative choice is the quick, as I call it, the short-term solution, like selling drugs. That's a short-term solution because either you're going to get caught or you're going to go to jail or you're going to get killed. So it's a short-term solution. Education is a long-term solution. Stephen A. Smith said it best on – on um, First Take one day He said, you know, my path that I walked To be able to be a, a, a journal To be here on First Take was a long one You know, it was college Then it was a beat writer for twenty almost 20 years And then doing this and doing that And then finally getting to where I wanted to He said, but the path was long To where you want Most people don't want the long path They want to take the short path But we have to get our young black males And brothers to understand this and I'm going to touch on a point that Tammy said. It was so eloquent and it was positive. I loved it. I'll never forget going to to uh, one of the high schools, local high schools. I won't say the name, but I went to a local high school, and we were doing something. And I had kids from disadvantaged backgrounds that we were t- we were talking to and mentoring. And I'll never forget they showed the statistic. This is about 15 years ago, and, you know, they showed the statistics. Asian kids' SAT scores were way up there. White kids' SAT scores were way up there. Black and Latino kids' SAT scores were so low, and the numbers were were shattering. I mean, it it wasn't even in the competitive ballpark. And I'll never forget what a black mother said. She said, what are white parents doing? that black parents aren't doing, mm-hmm. that we should be doing. It was a powerful question. I loved it. And I raised my hand and I said, can I tell you what my mother did? And I know I'm, you ask a white right person, but I'm going to tell you what my parent did. My mother forced me to read a book a week on during the summertime, forced mm-hmm. me to read a book a week. It sucked, but I'm glad she did that. She made me write a report on the book. And then read it I had to read it out loud. Didn't know a word. There was a Webster dictionary right there. I had to go to the dictionary to find out what that word meant. Because if I couldn't pronounce it, it means I probably didn't know what it meant. It was long, it was arduous, but it was something that needs to be done. We have to get past looking for sports and something that is right now entertainment to be our satisfaction going to the NBA, going to the NFL, going to Major League Baseball, going to play, you know, soccer, whatever sport it is, or going to be a rapper or a singer or whatever. Most of of us are not going to do that. We need to educate them to know that all life is precious. And you should be not only feeling precious for your life, but the lives of others. You understand? And we don't, have that. We need to be able to tell our kids and have them read black history. Have them read, you know, history. Have them be able to know their multiplication tables backwards and forwards. Their division, shorthand, short and long division, so they can understand how to be able to not only survive but to achieve. We're not doing that. And at a, at a, we're, we're doing it better, but we're not doing it at a level where we need to do it. And it's disheartening. You know, when I worked in the at-risk community, I used to always say it felt like I took three steps forward and then two steps backwards, three steps forward, four steps backwards. It was always, I never felt like we were always getting ahead because we always felt like being dragged back. It, it was just, it was frustrating because I was not used to that. I was always used to moving forward and to keep moving backwards and moving backwards sometimes with the same things that we had just conquered, you know, maybe a month ago was a very, very frustrating, frustrating process. And it took my mind a long time to process that. You know, I don't, you, you, I'll be you honest know, with you. Go ahead.
1: No, Tony, I was I was just going to piggyback on, on what you said about, um, the, well, the question that you posed, I think one of, one of the biggest things that we are losing out on is time. I, think, I yep. think people, time with your children. I see people today that have two, three children, and they're doing more than I ever was able to do with one. And when you talk about yep. your mother making you read, just about a month ago, my son, who, is, who will soon be, I think, 27, gosh, 27 or 28, can't remember now, about a month ago, he looked at me and said, Mom, Mom I just want to thank you. Because I was one of those moms who, in the summertime, he had to do whatever grade he was going to, if he was going to the seventh grade, yep. I bought a workbook that he had to complete. That summer, and kids would knock on the door, and he said, well, I have to finish my homework, and he, they would be like, well, we're out of school. No, this is homework that my mom gave me, and I've heard people of, of his age group refer to him as Google because it seems that you can ask him anything about anything, and he has an answer just, just off the top of his head, but I didn't have to do that as much the older he got, because what you're doing is instilling something into them. Number one, you're showing them Absolutely. that you have, you are interested and that education Absolutely. is important. Do what you love at the same time. He could have gone to be a, a McDonald's worker. However, if you start there, then I want you to look at owning one.
3: Exactly. Owning one. Can I, can so, I back on yes, that, Yes, jump
1: in. Jump in.
3: The part of that was that even though I shared that part of it, I didn't share the part that my mother worked 10, 12-hour short days and 15, 16-hour long days and plus going to school and plus was a single mom. <laughs> my grandmother had 11 children. My grandmother had a sixth-grade education, and my grandmother worked at Roosevelt Hospital in New York as a uh, midwife and was a sixth grade education. Don't tell me you can't achieve that. Every single one of her children graduated from college. I'll say it again: all nine of her, all my, you know, her, her, her children, my aunts and uncles, including my mother, graduated from college. My one of my uncles is a doctor. He was at the Mayo Clinic, working there as one of the top oncologists in the country. I had another. One that was a – he worked in D.C. as a postal police officer officer working with the um, postal police and was a commander. So – and he graduated from college. I have family that did that. It was all instilled from a a grandmother who had a sixth-grade education, and this is my point. We seem – because, you know, you're talking about people who were born from 1940 to 1960. And people who actually came up here with nothing, I'm telling you this fact, you know, my parents were born in Paraiso, we call it in Spanish, you call it Pariso, but it's Paraiso, and my father was born in Cologne, my father's first language is Spanish, he learned and perfected English when he came here, my mother's first language is English, her second language is Spanish Language my Spanish is my second language my and I'm still relearning it but my point is that my education for me didn't stop when I finished school I'm still trying to learn my next language to learn Portuguese my next language after that to learn is Italian because my dad spoke those languages my language after that I want to learn is either German or French so I'm always going to continue to give myself an education And we have to continue to think education as the key. Stop thinking sports. Stop thinking quick solutions. It's a long path. But if you take that long path, the rewards later on, and I thank my mom when I went to college. I'll never forget this, and I'll share this. My freshman year of college, after I went in the military and I got out of the military, I was a 22-year-old freshman, and I'll never forget this. And I wanted to be in business like my mother because she worked on Wall Street in New York. And, you know, I said to her, Mom, I want to do this, but I wound up changing and becoming a sociologist. And I said to her, I want to thank you for all the life lessons you gave me and the opportunities you gave me. I hated studying like you made me study. I hated reading the books. I hated doing all that stuff. But I'm glad you forced me to do it because it made me a better man. It made me a smarter man. It made me a better person. And I'll share this. We want to chastise our kids for speaking correct English. Why? Why? To me, all of this is all equated to how we feel about ourselves. People need to understand that whole equation, and I don't think we do. And we need to really look and value that and value life. But and w- once we value lives, then Black lives can matter to us not only when, again, other forces do it, but when we do it and say, "No, this is wrong." We got to be able to stop that too. This is
2: Ronnie. I'm going to jump in here and uh, I'm going to I'm going to take my stab at the question um, about what can we do as men. Number one, I think that we have to uh, we have to start being honest. We have to start being yep. honest with ourselves. We have to start being honest with our families. We have to start being honest with uh, society. We have a serious problem. And until we are willing to admit that there's a problem, nothing's going to happen. And not only that, as a school teacher, I do not lie to my students. There are a lot of teachers, and I was talking to some teachers about this last week, I teach 5th and 6th graders. For for most of my career, I've taught 6th graders. My school is only 5th and 6th, and then the kids go off to the middle school where it's 7th and 8th grade. And what people like to do is lie to the kids and say, hey, if you don't get your act together now, you guys, this probably sounds real familiar. Oh, it's going to be real different over at the middle school. It's going to be real different at high school. They're not going to tolerate this and enough. And it's a lie. They are going to tolerate it. They are going to put it. Absolutely, away.
3: absolutely. It's not going to
2: change. And so I don't tell that lie to my kids. I tell them, listen, when when you guys first got to third grade, you had to start taking the state test. Yep. And you you're going to take it every year until you graduate. Here's the thing, guys. You don't have to pass in Virginia. Our state test is called the well Standards of Learning. You don't have to pass not one test this year, not one. We will not fail you. And they all look at me with these crazy stares because everybody else has told them, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna hold you back." And I tell them, "Nobody's gonna fail you. You you can show up to school a- every day and go to sleep. We are yep. not gonna fail you." And they just look no at me child child like. Left yeah, like this guy's crazy, and I tell them we we can we we cannot tell you, we can't tell you. True, it's true. I said you guys will move on to seventh grade with the same attitude, with the same poor effort, guys. They're gonna pass you to eighth grade. Yep, you can go to eighth grade, and do the same thing. They're gonna they're gonna pass you on again. But let me tell you something, guys. What? When you get to ninth grade. They're going to start holding you accountable. And by then, because you've gotten this false impression of life, you're going to think that you can do whatever you want to do, and you're going to keep failing, keep having these bad habits, and then they're going to start getting it. Then they're going to tell you, oh, sorry, you can't graduate. And you're going to be sitting there with this sour look on your face. I'm saying all of you sitting here are going to remember this conversation because I'm telling you now, you don't have to do anything. Nobody can make you do anything. God never gave anybody power over you. Mm-hmm. Nobody controls you. And they'll say, Well, my mom does no she doesn't. Your mom doesn't control you. Well she 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 gonna punch me exactly. There are consequences and there are rewards, but nobody controls you. You make your own decisions. Just like you all decided not to do my homework. And because I am honest with them, they respect me more than they respect other people in the building. Cause I, I I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and tell you, oh God, they, they're gonna they're, they're gonna bring the hammer down next year. No they're not. No they're not. You guys are gonna keep doing the same stupid thing, and they're gonna just keep pushing you on. And I want to but, tell but them so why, bad, cause they don't care anything about you. Go ahead, Tammy. <laughs>
1: Who, who do you who do you who do you feel is the? Because when I hear that, you think my child's going to get to ninth grade. You're going to tell me he's going to get to ninth grade, and I'm I'm going to learn that all of a sudden he can't read or he does not have what it takes to pass. I I more so blame the parents than that because I'm I'm yep. sending my school my child to school. Yes, for you to teach him, but you're going to add on to what I'm doing, and that's it goes back to time because you cannot tell me that if you're spending time helping your child with his or her homework, that you don't know your child is failing. So as in any situation, the teachers, the school is going to give your child and do by your child how you allow them to, which goes right back to Black Lives Matter. We're going to be treated just how we show them we treat ourselves. So if we look at you and see, it doesn't appear that you all mean anything to each other, So why do you think we're going to treat you any different? Back in the day, slaves, slaves, people who were legally, legally slaves, owned by someone else, they were able to send signals and and let each other know, hey, we're getting out of here tonight. Something's going on. If you try to do something today to unify the black race, I guarantee you, you will have a Uh, the same one person in the bunch would be a snitch one person because it should be to the point where now because we have had many many young black men killed for no just reason so by no way am I upholding that but what I am saying is by now all the young boys that have been killed the ones, because by far no child should be however by now by now, people should be scared to take one of our children, period. Mm-hmm. But they know we're going to talk and do nothing. So if you're killing we, your that, own, that, what makes you think that they don't think that they can kill your own as well? If you are allowing yep. your own to be killed, what makes you think that they think any different of you? When I did the program for our, the police officers came out, we had a... a, a female black officer and a, and a male black officer who told these kids, laws are being created based on the crimes that you are committing. They, Absolutely. Them themselves are going into neighborhoods trying to help, getting on these young boys, trying to get them off the street. The parents come out and get mad at them because they pulled over trying to talk with them just to establish a relationship. They come out of the house thinking that they're, Trying to arrest him when all he said he was doing, black police officers. I'm just trying to talk to them and tell them you can't hang on the street like this anymore because laws have been created that you cannot.
3: Exactly. And you know something? I got, I got to share this story. This happened this year. Remember the young man at University of Missouri who was called some racial slurs and he went on a hunger strike. Do you mm-hmm. remember that story? Yep. School didn't really, the school chancellor and president didn't have anything to do with it. They didn't want anything to do with it. They didn't respond. They didn't think he was worth anything. <laughs> because it was trending. I, no, not because it was trending, because money was also involved. Because the football team decided, they, 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 they found out oh. what happened. They believed the story. Yep. And the football team, which had black and white players, and they all not unified. Black. Listen to this. They mm-hmm. all unified, black and white. And they didn't all agree, but they all agreed to unify, and they weren't going to play the game, and the school would have had to pay Brigham Young or whoever it was that was coming into the school to play them a million dollars. Yep. Money, money talks. Guess what? They, 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 they forced their cha- the president of that school to resign. Right. Got mm-hmm. rid of him. The person that was under him had to go too. Right. Yep. Guess what? They played the game. Right.
2: Yeah, they did.
3: Don't tell me that you don't have power. If you find that that you really believe in and you wanted to and I'm telling you, when the football team united and the coach who had who was making a couple of million dollars a year, he backed them. He also said, I believe in this and if you guys don't want to play, we won't play. They didn't even practice. They were that serious and when the school realized how serious they were they came back in twenty four hours and made a decision to let the school president go, I started laughing. Tony, we have we have far
2: more power than we realize, and if we ever understood and I don't just mean black people. I just mean people in general. I mean the people Absolutely. that I mean the people in you know, in the in the middle class and in the lower class, however you want to define Absolutely. us as people. If we, as the, uh, the the poorer people, not the wealthy people in this country, if we poorer people ever understood the power that we have, just with the few dollars that we have, we could change the way the government oh. does. But because we allow the media and we allow the government to dictate our thoughts, our words and our actions They continue to get richer And we continue to fight Each other Oh it was designed and, that
3: way bro It's designed yeah, that way
2: Exactly. And they don't
3: even realize it It's designed that way You and I talked about this before It's designed mm-hmm. that way this way The 1% that controls this country Controls the media What's the one thing that is the most divisive Divisive topic That we can ever talk about in this country Race Yep. Let me, here's the one thing I said this to Tammy on Saturday Do you realize that Europeans And, and Africans Or blacks from other countries don't call Themselves black, they just call themselves If you ask them where, what are they They'll tell you I'm from Africa If you tell ask a European what are you I'm European but in America If you ask a black person or a white person What they are, they'll tell you I'm black I'm white And definitive. Reason why we have all the problems we have, and it was a pro- it was a process that started way back in 1650, and mm-hmm. it, and it's and it manifested all the way till the day, because they saw these two people working in the fields together, black and white, with no problems, and then they made this white person who was the same as the other person think he was better than him, and because mm-hmm. of that, because of that. They were both ignorant. He believed it, even though they were the same. <laughs> and <laughs> as Tim as Tim Wise once said, and I love Tim Wise. You guys got to listen; he's unbelievable. He said, he said it best. He said, black people and white people really need to realize, especially middle class and lower class, that they have a lot more in common than they want to believe,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and stop.
3: And stop thinking that you have more in common with that rich and we just one percent person which you don't, who really don't care about you. Yeah. Tony, so I want you to do
2: me I want you to do me a favor. Um go ahead, Tammy. I
1: I wanna go back a little bit before you do that because as we talk about media and how you said it was it was designed that way. There are so many things that we just look over and we're distracted by. And one thing I want to put out there, poverty. We have allowed society to tell us that we are in poverty, that we are broke, that we we, no. are, we are not this because we don't have this. And it, where I come from, if you had a roof over your head, if you had food to eat today, today, not even worrying about tomorrow, you were not in poverty. You were not broke. No, you're not. You were no. not different. And I think that's one thing society in this world uses is that, they have placed a mindset into the people who may not make I won't say six figures. I, I'll just say two a few figures. If you don't make 50, 60, 70 thousand, I'm, I'm probably exaggerating there, then you are, you are not worthy of or you are in poverty, please. or if you don't have two and three cars in the, the huge house that people get and have to work all day, all night to to support. Like you, have got something that you can't even enjoy because you're working hours and hours just to keep it. And so we've allowed exactly. society number one to tell us to tell us that we are who we are based on where we work, what we have, what we don't have, what's in front of our names. Because not everybody, college is not for everybody. But I tell you this: everybody has something, something to do and something to give to this society. And so that's the Absolutely. other mistake that we make. We we teach these kids that hey, if you if you don't make A's and B's, you can't get into college. Well, maybe he doesn't, but well, maybe he can fix cars. Maybe he can get his own lawn business. Maybe he can cut hair, because those things help society rotate. And so we also we have hate. to change how the perspective, what we're giving these kids. We have to change and let them see themselves as valuable in this society, because they're losing hope. And I do, and I'm going to sit back after this one. When men begin to show up, things will change. When black men begin to show up, I would like Black Lives Matter, Black Men Matter. And then take the money, take your time that you're spending fighting white people, take it back into your neighborhood. Go in, volunteer, show these young boys how to be men rather than Dogs, because like our caller said last week, most men are driven two ways: penis and pistol. And I like to add one more to that, but I think penis. Addresses that. So nice. They're so busy. <laughs> they're, they're so busy out there chasing. I'm serious. They're so they're chasing. When when our young black boys, they don't see. They don't get to see enough. Because I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but they don't get a, get to see enough men. Holding down their homes Respecting exactly. their wives And those young boys mothers They don't get to see that because they're hoe hopping they're penis driven And pistol driven and those yep. End you up two places hospital Grade well I say three hospital Grade or where else Jail you, you know where that one is Yep. Exactly and where most of our Black young boys are
3: Yeah And, you know, I I think about something that was said from the movie Baby Boy a long time ago when he said guns and butter. He said, what are guns? Guns are, you know, stuff that doesn't, you know, guns. And he said, what's butter? Butter is stuff that really doesn't mean anything. That's gold, jewelry, stuff that doesn't appreciate with value. He said, what's the guns? He said, guns are, you know, real estate, stocks and bonds, houses, things that appreciate in value bottom line is not only one thing is that, that people don't realize or should realize is that black Americans are the biggest consumers and a lot don't own anything and to me that makes doesn't make any sense if you're the biggest consumer as far as spending money but you don't own anything and it's hilarious because most rich people and most wealthy people don't spend a lot of money they spend other people's money <laughs> and they keep their money <laughs> And when you when you understand power of money, money and wealth is power because if you have money and you have wealth, especially if you have wealth, you have power because you can you have power to do changes and people will actually go out of their way to want to do things for you. But we have a lot of black kids, like like Tammy said, that are little boys that think that their penis or a gun is Supposed to be thing that makes you a man. It doesn't, you know. We have too many grown men
1: that are boys too, Tony. Not just those that are young. We have too many grown men who are boys and trying to do whatever because they somehow missed it as well. But regardless. It, it comes a point and a time because the way I see it, we, we, ha- they're not, we have no excuses at this point. We have no excuses because it's been proven. If you need someone to go back and look, don't pick someone from this day and time because guess what? You are free. I don't want to hear about, okay, slavery or if racism still exists. Okay, so now you know. Now you know. What now? Because when it was, when it was legal, we have people like Frederick Douglass who fought their way through it, who learned to read on his own. So you have no excuse. You have none. You are where you are because of the choices you've made. It is not what happens to you. It is how you let what happened affect you and what you do about it. Simple as that. And when we get out of that and realize that black lives matter when your life matters, and then you can go on because even the word tells you, even the word tells you to love yourself. Yep. To love God as you love yourself. Exactly We don't even foresee or know the, the power or the love Of God himself We don't see that We don't see that I shared with Rodney I'm, Nobody was more devastated about Prince Than I I think he was a talented Great singer But I saw I, I shared with Rodney I said I don't know If, if, if Jesus get this much, much attention and I'm saying for those who believe in the cross and Jesus died on it, I don't I don't think he gets this much attention. He doesn't. So we gotta look at the he mindset doesn't. of where we are. Where where you are first. Be honest with yourself about where you are because you could post all day.
3: I got you a question for both you guys. I got a question for both you guys. Go ahead, we ready. Do you think that and this is my thought, do you think that black folks from the before the civil rights movement Were more together than they are now
1: Oh absolutely I do
2: I, I do, do. Too. That's funny because because we were going to ask you That question we were going to ask you yes. To define black culture then and now Yes
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> But I, I will say I, I will say this <clears throat> Excuse me We and, and this goes back to What I said earlier What was meant To help us, I think hurt us too. Oh no doubt. We Malcolm Malcolm said that too. We were we were such a strong people before we had rights. When we were when we were told we were nothing, when we were spit on, when we were beaten, when when we were not allowed to read and write, man, we were a unified people. The moment somebody said you are free, we became bound.
3: And not only that, we became—we we think that we we're able to do the, still the same things that, that everybody else can. When you really can't, let's be real. We—we we, listen. If you are not teaching your child that there are certain things you can't do, then you're—you're you're leaving them open to have some harm happen to them. I told. I told Tammy this on Saturday And we, she was like as a mother She related I said my mother told me She said this to me point blank If a police officer Stops you Do what they say Don't argue with them Even if they're wrong And you know they're wrong Become home safe Deal with it later But I can't and Tammy said this which was powerful too I can't them with you dead, because i'm all gonna I'm gonna be jacked up, and she said the same thing she's going to be jacked up, my mother will be jacked up, so you have to be able to make great choices in sometimes tough situations, but we because we came became free as you said um um Rodney, we think mm-hmm. that we can do the same things, and we can't not yet if all we're fifty one years removed from the Civil Rights Act that was signed in 1964, 52 years almost, that Lyndon Baines Johnson signed in 1964. How do you think that all of that was going to change with just a pen? You didn't change people's thoughts and patterns. Did you hear some of the stuff that those people used to say back then? (laughs) I I never forget hearing the mayor from Alabama saying, you know, Martin Luther Coon, I mean, on TV. Martin Luther King, I mean, not Luther King, and then I remember hearing all kinds of people of political power, like Ball Connors and all those guys. Those people had families. You don't think they taught those families those values? Mm -hmm. They're in our our generation, and they have to teach, and they have other people of that generation. So that is being passed down from generation to generation. So, again, what do we think that all of this was going on that this was going to change and that okay well I'm free and I can do whatever I want. Not really. If you really think about it, not really. I yeah. have rights. You do you do have rights. I agree with that. But you also have to be smart and say, you know what? When I walk down the street, like Tammy said, or ran down run down the street, people perceive that I may have done something wrong and said I'm running to catch the bus on running to catch the subway. But so, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna I
2: wanna I wanna interject this real quick. Um, I think that we have a hard time accepting that life isn't fair. That It sucks. Life in Sometimes. life in America <laughs> Life in America is not fair and it didn't start out fair. I think we have a hard time understanding that But here's what I want to tell all of our listeners We have to put ourselves In the frame of mind Of Jesus And the civil rights leaders That came before us We have to put ourselves in, in, in that frame of mind Jesus Died for our sins If you, if you all believe that Jesus died for our sins Right Absolutely. So, however, with what Jesus went through, he did not get to reap the benefits of what he went through. Martin Luther not King fought for rights that he never had. So did Harriet Tubman, Thurgood Mark, like all of these people. They fought for things that they either didn't get to have or had for a very short time. Right? Yep. If we want if we want a better life, we have to be willing to fight for it even if we never benefit from it. What about exactly. the people coming after you? I get it. It's not fair. It's no not doubt. fair. We got we, we have to accept that. It, do I like the fact that I can't walk down the street with my black hoodie on just like my white friends can walk down the street with their black hoodies on? No, I don't like that. However, I would like, 40 years from now, if my grandson can walk down the street with his black hoodie on, I'm okay with that. But we have to be willing to sacrifice so that things get better. Listen, we, if you're a parent, you can't do what you want Ooh. to do as a parent Like you do as a single person Because now amen, You are responsible, amen, for, amen. Another, you are responsible mm-hmm. for another human being However exactly. Your job is to make sure that That child has a better life And is on a better path No matter how good or bad your path was Than you are But we get so caught up in ourselves Well it ain't right No you ain't going to play me No I'm going to bug the system Go ahead and bug the system because while you bucking the system, guess what? Your, your, your kids now have to suffer another 20 years because you bucking the system. Exactly. Instead of people just saying, you know what, it ain't right, let me just sacrifice. Yeah, I, I may have to struggle. I may never get to see paradise. But if the ones behind me get to see it, guess what? I'll take that bullet. I'll take that fall.
1: And, you know, exactly. there's no sense. We had a caller about a year or so ago call in. I think we were talking about the Trayvon Martin story. And she said, there is no sense in being dead white, meaning you are white in this situation, but you're also dead. Not saying that Trayvon Martin exactly. was, was wrong, because I don't think he did anything wrong. And I think he that, didn't do anything was, wrong. that was totally not anything wrong. However, however, he lost his life that, that night by a non-police officer. Okay, so that's what we mean as a single mother who who tells this young man however going back i think men going back to the men men need to be the one sitting down telling this to the young boys because as a young boy who sees himself as a man because it just comes with comes with the territory here it is this woman sitting him telling him this you're you're making him feel like he's less than a man. But let another man come to him, step to him, and tell him, "Son, it's not worth losing your life. Do what you need to do to get out of the situation, and let us handle the rest." And be a man enough to show up and do that. Unity. We won't sacrifice. We won't sacrifice. People. The the Montgomery boycott, the Mon- Montgomery bus boycott, lasted for a little over, little more than a year, a year, I believe. Right, you guys? Over a year. So these people, they they were. They put themselves out there. They're willing to be uncomfortable until change happens. We're not willing. We will complain about cable, the car. We'll complain about our cell phones, but we will not let them go. But if we did, guess what? The price would come down. We're not willing to go through a change to get change. We're not willing. Men, women, you're not willing to come in and take care of your home to take care of your children, take care of your wives, to take care of your husband, to come out of the street and take care of your business first. Yet we want to turn to the white people and say black lives matter. And I I, I don't want to hear, but we're not talking, we're not saying other lives don't matter, but we're not talking about that right now because the focus to me is teaching that young man that his life matters. Teaching that young woman that your life matters. You don't go give your body to everybody.
3: And exactly. to the young man,
1: you don't take it from everybody. But how can you tell him if he, sees, if he sees you doing it? How can you tell her if she sees you doing it? I had a young man sit in my house and tell my son because my son in high school was angry at me because I told him, if you tell me you're going to McDonald's, you better be there. If you change your mind and you're going to Burger King, you better call me and let me know. Because if I think you're at McDonald's and you're not, guess what, buddy? We got a situation. And so he was angry. And this young man, the same age as him, he said he looked at me and he said, at least your mom cares where you are. Because he was exactly. one of those young men that could go anywhere, do anything. Mother was not concerned. That is partly What is wrong with these children today? They have no one to hold them accountable. No one to say, you do have a curfew. No one to say, do you have homework today? And let me see it when you're done. And after they see it, you check in some book bags. You check in some rooms when they walk out. But you don't have time because you're in the streets before they are. And it may be hard to hear. Has nothing to do with white people. Has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter. Has nothing to do with killings. It's who you are as a parent, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife. Who you are.
3: Exactly. And 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 that's when you touched on that. It, it, it's it's it comes back to the whole thing of you have to be able to again. It's not you're a single mother and your son is a probably well-successful young man right now, correct? He's a successful Hello? young man. He's a successful exactly.
1: young man. Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, I can hear you because he okay. he's a successful young man because you've laid the foundation. You spent time. You did what you're supposed to. It wasn't easy. You think I liked it? I never forget what my mother told me. She said, telling you you're not going to like Life is not fair. You got to do twice as much to get the same recognition and get half as the recognition. I'll never forget. And there's times even when I'm doing my thing here in the DMV, in the, you know, these D, DC Metro uh, Washington area and I'm doing my thing and I don't get the recognition. Initially I go back to thinking what she says, but it does suck because you're like, dang, I'm not even getting recognized for doing the stuff that I'm doing. But, I learned a long time ago from her also, if you're doing things to get recognized, you're not doing it for the right reason. Just do it for do, do it without thinking that you're going to get a monetary or any kind of value from it. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And that has been lost, lost in our community. And I don't understand how, how it got lost in 51 years because it used to be 90% or 95% people were trying to do the right thing. And they did it because they knew they weren't going to see it, but their children's children was going to see it. And one of the things I'll I'll never forget, I was talking to a lady, she just recently passed, but years ago, I was showing eyes on the prize. You remember that that PBS uh, documentary of the civil rights era and civil rights movement from Emmett Till all the way through? Anyway, they did that. And I'll never forget it. And, Three of the ladies who lived through that era, the kids and the, you know, their grandchildren running around, and I had them sitting and watching this, and it's in black and white. And they're looking at it like it was a movie. They didn't think it was real. And I'm watching the ladies' faces, and I'm watching them as they're reliving this. And I'll never forget when I said to them, I said, they don't understand what you guys went through to, and what you sacrificed to give them what they have right now. You know what those ladies said? Not even angry. In quiet voices, they have no clue. And they all three got up and walked out. And it wasn't angry mm. or anything, but it was a fact of a statement of they don't have a clue what we went through to give them the rights that they have right now. And I don't, I don't think that black lives or black people understand what people sacrifice, what Jackie Robinson, going back to him, sacrificed. He died at fifty-three years young old, and I guarantee you most of that was from the stress of what he had to go through to get what to get the rights that everybody wanted to have. He couldn't put it this way. Could you imagine being in a place where people are calling you all kind of names and you can't react? You can't because if you react, it's going to ruin it for everybody else. That's stressful enough. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. They. We we we
2: do not get it because we did not have to go through it.
3: I get it. I, I see it. When I, you know, again, my mother I get and I, I see it because I'm like, wow, what my mother sacrificed for us. And she told me, she said, you know, I don't think I always made every single right decision, but I made the best decision that was available to me, and I used my head. I probably was more cautious than I could have been. But she told me, she said, you know, when you went out and played basketball, when you went out and played football or baseball or whatever you were doing, she said, if you don't think that I was worried about you when you went out, you got another thing coming. Because she said, I know that, you know, anything can happen to you. And especially, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're you're black. I never forget asking her for uh, I wanted to have a gun, you know, a toy gun. and Going back to Tamir Rice. And I couldn't understand how his parents even allowed him to have one. And I'll never forget asking my mom. I hey, mom, I want to play cops and robbers with my friend down the street. You know, can you get me a toy gun? And you know my mother told me? She said, this, I'll never forget it. Basically. I was 10 years old. She said, I can't let you have a gun, son. She said, I want you to live. Mm. She said, because cops are not going to realize that's fake. And they're going to most likely pull it out and shoot you. And you're not. Thinking that anything's going to happen to you, I don't want you to die. And and that that brings you know that that makes me sad that my mother had to. And she said she resented having to tell me that, resented having to tell me that. But she said if I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't be here. And I was like, wow. I get it, and yeah. I would never have my child. Have a, a fake gun. I'm sorry, putting them. You're putting them at risk for something horrible to happen to them.
2: I think that we have we we have to understand, um, and then I'm going to get back to to, to something uh, that I that I started on earlier. I think that we have to we have to recognize, and the three of us have, have touched on it throughout this show. I think that we have to recognize that while we are in the position that we are in right now as a society, as black people, we have to recognize that it is our job to set it up for our children and just the children in general. We have to set it up for them because as long as we keep taking it personal, as long as we keep looking at the obvious, we are never going to move past this. And
3: exactly.
2: sadly, we would be further along if the the others, whether they're my generation and I'm thirty three, people older than me, people younger than me, would not continue to set us back. So I'm gonna go back to the to the solutions, Tammy, and, and my first one was honest and I have a few more. The second thing I'm going to say is we need to stop exploiting our own kids. We need to stop exploiting our own black boys and girls. When it comes to sports, we exploit our male athletes or we allow them to be exploited. We always hear – Most, I'm not going to say all, because I know boys who don't play sports, but most of the black boys that I grew up with, we all said we wanted to play professional football or professional basketball. Correct. Somebody always asked us, what was our backup plan? That's wrong, because sports should be the backup plan.
5: If I can't be...
2: An engineer, then I'll play sports. If I can't be a school teacher, then I'll play sports. Or, on the path of trying to become a businessman, if somebody offers me a chance to play football, then I'll play football. But sports will not be number one, and be a businessman be number two. Why? Because sports is temporary. Exactly. I remember a guy, Tony, I don't know if you know this guy, Billy Fields. He played at uh, Providence. Yeah, I remember him. Billy Fields came to my school a few years ago, and Billy Fields played at Providence. John Thompson, Sr., was at Georgetown trying to recruit Billy Fields from Ray Manassas. Okay. And while he didn't choose to go to Georgetown, what Billy said was when John Thompson came to his house, to try to recruit him He said the one thing he Couldn't take his mind off was When John Thompson Sat down in front of him and his mother He stuck a needle in the basketball And the whole time John Thompson was talking All Billy Fields could hear was the air Coming out of the, coming out of the ball And when the, when the ball was completely flat John Thompson was finished With the speech and he said you know what son He said The reason why I did that was to show you your career in basketball. He said, the whole time, the air is being let out of the ball, just like in your career. As your career goes on, the air is slowly being let out, and eventually your time is going to be up playing basketball. So you have to decide what is going to help you beyond basketball. But that's not what we teach our kids. You look at these rec league coaches, these AAU coaches, these travel coaches. It's all about the coaches. Yep. That's what it's all about. So stop Stop exploiting our kids. The next one is stop making excuses. Exactly. I had a very tough situation to get out of more than once. I didn't have it easy growing up, and we'll save that for another show. But the bottom line is, and I will share this. I'm going to share this, and most people don't know this, especially those people who know me very well. My family doesn't have a whole lot of degrees, a whole lot of education running through our family. So those, that, those of us who have gone to college, Their first thought is, oh, they think they're better than everybody. Or they look at us as being these very intelligent people. Here's what my family does not know about Rodney. while they think I'm so smart. I should not be a teacher right now. Should not be. Because I could not pass the test that I needed to pass in order to be a teacher. Because Reason being, I don't have the attention span that it takes to take a test. Never told anybody. I just kept filling the test. And every time I failed the test, it was hundreds of dollars to take the test again. We had to take four tests. Four. Wow. And there was only one test that I passed on the first try. The rest of them had to keep taking them. Why? Because there's something going on inside of me. I can't explain it. I know what it is. But I can't really explain it, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't make excuses. I didn't say, well, well, you know, you guys should feel sorry for me because I have this issue where I can't focus really longer than like 10 minutes. I can't focus. Wow. So by that's the well, time it I got to, like ADD. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me, but... You know, I'm not going to self-diagnose myself either. But on a 90-question test, that's all reading passages. And then I had to write four essays afterwards. Question number 10, I was done. Couldn't take the test. So I had to take it four times. And every time I took it, it was like $150. But I never made excuses about it. I just knew I wanted to be a teacher. So I was going to do what it took to pass the test. So finally, the last time I said, all right, got to figure this out. my God. And here's what I had to do. As silly as this sounds, I had to sit sort of like a, like, you know how they say like horses, like have these binders? So I had to put both hands on the side of my face so I couldn't see anything else, so nothing could distract me. And I had to sit wow. there, and sometimes I had to move my body in my seat. I had to keep squinching my body to keep myself focused on this test because it, it was timed. I only had a couple of hours to take it. However, I got the score that I needed plus two points the last time I took the test. And this was my third-year teaching, and they only give you three years to get certified. So if I didn't pass the test then, I was going to be out of a job. But I never made excuses. Never went back, hey guys, here's here's what's going on. I never did that. Nobody ever knew this is the first time I've ever told anybody. Wow. Nobody ever knew that. But we sit here, we make all these excuses. These kids can't do yes they can.
3: Well my infant well if the, I, if I got got one for There's you. the tools. I gotta go in for you, Rodney. Well if I don't let my child play basketball you know, you their grades are suffering, but I gotta let them play because, you know, wait a minute, no, you don't. <laughs> if their grades are suffering, don't let them play. Give them incentive to <laughs> get their grades up to go play.
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: Unbelievable, man. I mean, I didn't know yeah. that about you, man. That's 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 an incredible story. And there's a lot oh, of kids, yeah. unfortunately, that that are that that won't talk about that because it, it it's a. A bad thing. Well, you know, and, I, and I'll share this with somebody. And I, you know, I had a learning learning disability. I get fifty percent of the information visually, and I get fifty percent of the information um, um, hearing it. You know, I, when I'm in the classroom, if I'm doing both mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't get it all. So I had to bring a tape recorder when I was in college. Because I'll, I'll share this real quick story. When I, My first year in college, after I was in the military, I struggled academically, unmercifully. Bad. I mean, really bad. I had a bad, mm-hmm. terrible... And I, I don't make any excuses. I had a terrible guidance counselor, but they still with my choices, and I made some bad choices. My first year of college, I had a 1.37 grade point average. <laughs> I took... I tell people a story. It's a true story. And I struggled, struggled, and I was figuring out how in the world can I get better? How can I you – and know, I took the year off. How can I get better? I wasn't even going to go back to school. I'll say his name. My dean at the time of the school, he, he, he called me in February of that year, and he said, it's 1988, 89 excuse me, 1989, and he says, hey, I got your money back to go play basketball, blah, 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 in college. I am not worried about playing basketball, but I got your money. You can go back to school. That's your choice, but I want you to come back to school. Because I was like I was a failure. I asked him, I said, why are you doing this for me? He said, because you remind me of someone. It was him.
0: Mm. You know,
3: I said, okay, I went to school. I took this course called, when there's a will, there's an A. I went to the high school of the town that I was at, at the college, and I was taking basic reading and math classes to catch back up because I had lost four years of education when I was in the military. And I'll never forget this teammate of mine who had asked me, hey, man, you know, last time you were here, you struggled. How do you think you're going to do this year? I said, I'm going to make Dean's List. He laughed at me. I made Dean's List both semesters.
4: <laughs>
3: this is a guy who works for 1.37 <laughs> GPA to make a Dean's List. And I, I, was, I still had that letter. Twenty years, tw- Twenty-six years ago, I had that letter of me making a dean's, dean's List. It was the most proudest achievement I ever had. I gave both of my degrees that I, I got from college to my mother. So mm. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. So it's all about not making excuses. I didn't make any excuses. I could have made an excuse and oh, I'm not going to pass. Oh, I'm not going to do well. Look at my grade point average. I'm a terrible student. I worked at it. And it was hard work. And then, like you said, it's a beaten path. But a lot of us don't do that. We think that we want it easy. It wasn't easy. And, that was, again, that was that, and I think I thank my mom for that life lesson that she taught me, Of Well, if it's. You know, life sucks Sometimes you're going to have to do things you don't want to do To get to where you want to go And I did that I didn't want to go to the high school in that town To be there with a bunch of 12, you know, 11, 12th graders Here I am, a 24-year-old man It was crazy Mm. I learned a lesson from that
2: Tony, I hope that you share that Every opportunity that you get
3: Oh, I share it with him, and I share it, and I told him, it's about you. Because I
2: I, I think that a lot of our young people are like I was growing up, and that is we think that adults are invisible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think children realize that adults have or did have Struggles growing up Or had to overcome obstacles And so I think It is refreshing for them to hear Somebody say Here's How you can make it Or here's why You can make it I want to ask you this Tony um, As we as we wind down And, and I'm going to um, After you answer I want to uh, Turn it back over to Tammy where do you think uh, Black Lives Matter is headed and where do you think we as black people are headed and where do you think our society is headed? Three questions.
3: Okay. Okay. Let's do the first one. Where do I think black lives are headed? To be honest with you, I don't know. Um, like you said, I believe it's hypocritical in some of the things that it's said About the movement, and the reason being, again, as you had, read it, had stated, um, part of the problem with it is that black lives have to matter to black people, and what I mean by that is that we have to matter about if when we kill each other, and we have to be, we have to take account to that and say this can't happen anymore. That part of the movement. What was your second question?
2: Where do you think we as black, as a black race are headed? Man. Wow. <laughs> <That's> a... <laughs> wow! I know, I, look, Tony, I know about 2% of us are headed to the uh, NBA and NFL, but what about the rest of us?
3: Uh man. <laughs> I... I it's it's tough, man, because in this is going to be something. There are people that are going to like I like when I want to say this one, but it's the truth. You know, I've watched people come to this country with absolutely nothing that look like the Caribbean. My parents, and they face the same amount of racism and the same amount of all the other things that we isms and stuff that they face as women as whatever, and they've made it. And they've jokingly said to. My mother, she cracked up when I said this to her. I said, you guys looked at it and said, blood clot, and kept moving. <laughs> you kept it moving because you were like, we know this is it. We have to We acknowledged it, but we kept it moving. We didn't make any excuses. We pushed through the wall, you know. It, it, it's not easy being the only black kid in the class. Trust me. I've, I've been there. It's not easy being the only kid where... Who is looked at differently? It's not easy being a kid that think that people don't think you're black because you don't talk a certain way. It's not easy. We have to get rid of those stereotypes that tell black kids that it's not cool to talk slang, that it's not cool. I mean, to talk proper. Excuse me. It's not cool to talk proper. It's not cool to be this way or that way. We have to be able to to look at it as a positive thing and look at other blacks from different places, whether it's Africa, Caribbean, or whatever, and say, wait a minute, these people look like us. Why the heck are they being so successful and we are not? And it's crazy because Mm -hmm. they, because I'll tell you why, because most of the people from those places, even though their kids play sports, that's not their main agenda. Their main agenda is those books, and that's important to them. Until we make books our priority, until we make education our priority, until we make priority, we're going to still be talking about this 50 years from now, and that's sad. Mm. You know...
2: I agree with That's you brother that. What What about our society oh. Where are we headed as a society And before you answer that I do want to say this hmm. If you are listening online um, Real quick um, At 11pm eastern time And 10 central um, The show will <clears throat> start recording However uh, we will still be On the line so what we would like For you to do right now if you can Is just simply dial in and you don't Have to uh first want to join the conversation because we're we're just winding down the show. Uh but but call in right now, eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six. Again eight one eight six nine one seven four zero six just so that you don't get cut off at eleven o'clock if you're on the East Coast or ten o'clock if you're Central Time. Go ahead, Tony. Where are we headed as a society?
0: You know,
3: it cracks me up when I hear people say this and I say society. People are like white people, some, they saying this, I've heard this before, this argument. Well, because of President Obama is the president, you know, he's taking racism to the next level, and this is, we're in a terrible place. And I looked at them, I said, we're we're a far better society than what you want to give us credit for. How can you state that? I can state that for this. In nineteen in 1955, they had a bus boycott because we couldn't because black people couldn't sit in the same section of a bus and they had to move to the back or give their seat up to a a white person. You don't have to do that anymore. I said, there are more black CEOs than ever before. There are more black businesses than ever before, and there are more black people who own houses than ever before. That's the positives. The negatives are there are far too many people who have a crab in the barrel mentality where they're Mm. like saying, well, because you're being successful, I'm not happy with that, you you know, or you know, let's use Will Smith as an example, a guy who's positive, and instead of his brother and him getting into a, an altercation of, you know, verbal, and then leaving it there verbally, one person pulls out and shoots the guy who was doing something very positive. You know, we talk mm. about the Holocaust. We talk about the Holocaust. Do you know that do you know that the neighborhoods in black areas, that's a Holocaust. Because you huh? you're exterminating each other, we're exterminating each other at an alarming rate. Where mm. are we headed? Where are we headed? We need to again. We're making slow strides, but as I always say, you know, we've had a a, a long a, a long road, but. There's still more to go beaten past and say, this is what I want to do to become successful. This is where I need to become successful. And then move forward. Unfortunately, a lot of people have that, again, grabbing the barrel mentality.
1: You know, this, so, this is Tammy, and, 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 and I want to say, we're winding down. I know we have some people that are still out in the chat room um, and probably on listening from Facebook as well. So as Rodney said, you may want to go ahead and call in. We won't go over that much, but it's already 957. So 818-691-7406. And I see that we have a comment in the chat room. We'll get that out as well. Thank you for your, for your comments there. But as far as the stereotypes, we, we have to, people, find a way, black and white, all races, stop Looking at people Based on the color of their skin I have some Absolutely. great White friends I have some great black friends I have some screwed up White friends and I have some screwed up Black friends I even have some Screwed up Chinese people and I Started to say this thing is really getting bad Because they used to be to me in my like They used to just kind of be all together and unified And all this in my in, in and what, in what I believe or was taught We have to be sure number one that we stop stereotyping people, and that we stop allowing media, media to direct us, to lead us. We need to stop this because more, if you will really look into this, there are more white males killed by police officers than there are black males.
3: Oh, no doubt. Just
1: that the the news gets you hyped up so much so until you almost do nothing. But create things, you come up with, with this, these things, but when you really look at the meat of it, what is it really, what is it building? How are we unifying as a people, not, as, not just as a race? However, I do mm-hmm. think you have to see some value in yourself and your race as well without, without allowing that to make you think anyone else, any, any other race is less or better than you. We're all on, on, on even ground here. That's the first thing Black people, I think We need to really look at ourselves And say, we also Bought into the stereotypes That came from slavery That left us with this mindset That we are inferior to other races That we cannot do this So much so too, we've, we've even Sold it, to our, given it over To our children, because we see That in the things that we Allow them to do, how we Allow them to act, back in the day they might have called, they would call it child abuse now But you would get your your teeth slapped out of your mouth For some of the things that these kids say and do
3: Today so No doubt I couldn't mm-hmm. say some of the stuff these kids said yeah, exactly. I couldn't never say the so, stuff these kids said
1: You've got to take time Number one to be a parent If you're going to show up If you're going to birth a child Then you have a responsibility It's like Tony said There's some things that you just cannot do anymore There's some things that you're going to have to wait on and you may not ever be able to do them because then you're going to become a grandparent. You never stop being a parent. It's a word always added in front of that. It never ends. So if you're not up for it, don't don't fill out the application. If you don't want the job, don't do it. There are all kind of ways that will help you not be a mama or a dad. You can take care of that. So look in yourself. Black lives matter, white lives matter, all lives matter if you are a child of God, whatever your religion is, don't let division tear us apart. Don't let, because if it was going to do that, they didn't allow that back in the day. People have fought and died for us to be here today. Just on this radio show alone, people have died and fought and and, and are not here to see the benefits of it. Mm -hmm. But the media wants us to be, to be divided, not just amongst the race, but within our own race. Absolutely. When Tony mentioned crabs and a bearman, we need to look at that because that, that is more, that hurts our, our race and our society more than anything. And you have to think why, why do you feel the need to compete so much with people who look like you? That comes from slavery, that comes from how you really feel about yourself. Is it right that slavery, that, that racism still exists? Absolutely not. It's not right. However, that doesn't mean that you have an
3: excuse either.
0: You know, and, I can't, I tell I can't give what, out
3: excuses. You know what I tell people, Do It's not really about racism anymore. It's more about classism.
4: Exactly.
3: It's exactly. about classism. Think about it. But they sell it as racism, but it's really about classism. And people haven't really figured that out yet. <laughs> racism is a smokescreen.
0: It's, cla- it's
3: really about classism. I don't want you to have what I have because I'm here and you're supposed to be there. But what mm. do I use that? I will call you all kind of names. See, racism is about fear. It's not about hatred. It's about fear. See, if I tell you, I see, here's the thing. If I tell you I fear you, got to be wrong with you. But if I tell you I hate you, you look at it and say something is wrong with me, with that person. That's where it comes from of people saying they hate someone. It's not about that. It's about a, a class system. It's a class system, and most people don't realize that.
2: Yeah. Tony, we want to thank you for being on the show, man. Always that, I still remember the uh, first time that you were on the show. Definitely, um, some good points. And, and 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 truth be told, I wanted to bring out some of those points tonight, uh, but we just didn't get to them. But we'll definitely have to have you on again, man. Uh, this is this has been great. The time has actually flown by, if you
0: ask me. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: it it does not feel like we have been on for two hours, which is a good thing I guess for right now. I may feel it in the morning, but um
0: <laughs> we,
2: we we definitely appreciate having you on. Uh but we're gonna go ahead and uh and, and, and close out. Uh any final words, Tony? Uh then we'll go to Tammy and then I'll just uh wrap it up and play the music. Uh
3: I had a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Um I, anytime you want me on, I will come on. It this was this was great. I love talking about this. We you know we touched all subjects, and you know, hopefully some people got some positives out of it. And if they agreed to, to disagree, that's okay too.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
3: Uh, Tammy,
1: well, Ronnie, I think I've said it all. I'm, I just thank everybody for listening in, and I just I say look within, look within, and and first. Be honest with yourself before you point a finger at anyone or any race. You must determine if you are doing all that you can do and if you're being who you were created to be. If you're living your purpose and your passion and you're not conformed to this world and you're giving back, giving back more than you ever deserve to receive, Life is good, but, again, when we start pointing fingers and separating ourselves and all the other stuff, we will see the world, the world fall apart, not just your race, but the world will, will begin to no longer exist. And I think that's where we're headed.
2: My final I'm going to end. Go ahead, Tammy.
1: No, I, I was done, Rodney.
2: I'm going to end by by... by making a suggestion. And I and, and I told Tammy about this earlier today. Mm-hmm. This past Saturday, my lovely fiance Tamaria and I uh finally had a chance to uh spend some time with each other. It's been a crazy month of April. Um uh, but we, we finally had a chance to spend some time with each other and and Saturday We went to dinner, but then we went to go uh, to a movie, and we went to go see Barbershop 3. I encourage every one of you who are still on with us right now to go and see that movie, and here's why. What they show you in the previews on TV is that it's a funny movie. It is. The movie is hilarious from start to finish but I always like it when Tamari and I can do something or be a part of something and then we can have conversations about it afterwards and that movie led to a good conversation when we left the theater there is a great storyline that goes with the movie is it going to solve America's problems? Nope However, I do appreciate how the directors and the producers, Ice Cube, the cast, everybody, at least addressed a major problem in this country, and that is the gun violence that has taken over Chicago. And that was probably my favorite part of the movie was how they raised awareness And they even offered a solution to the gun violence in Chicago. Again, is it going to solve the gun violence problem in Chicago? Absolutely not. But I do appreciate how the movie at least addressed it and how the movie, as Much as possible Brought To life What has taken over One of our major cities in this country So if you have the time Go and see the movie If you don't have the time Find the time And go and see the movie If you've already seen it I'd love to hear what you thought about it But if you haven't Please go and see the movie because I thought that it was great. We will see you next Monday, same time, same station. Thank you for tuning in. Again, thanks to Tony for being our guest, and we will definitely have you back on, brother. We love you, and we appreciate you. Good night, everybody.
5: Everything is passing me by. Every now and then it's feels like my ship has gone and sailed away. But I, I gotta be strong, gotta hold on. It won't be too long.